We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. BlueWire. First pick in the 1991 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select... Larry Johnson from University of man. A lot of people from where I'm from, so don't, don't make it. Charlotte, we're back. All right, everyone. Welcome to another BuzzBeat, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. This is Richie, and I'll be joined by co-host Lee and Brian here live on Twitter spaces after we just finished watching the game against the Pacers. Uh, Before we hop into this recap, as always, we truly appreciate a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. I hope we don't pester you guys too much with that stuff, but one, we do really enjoy reading your thoughts on our podcast, and number two, it does help us get some more exposure for our podcast, get it out to more listeners. So let's set the table for this game because heading into the game, the Pacers were without Sabonis, Brogdon, and Turner. Hornets were without McDaniels. And then Hayward, who just recently entered health and safety protocols after having some issues with his foot. So this is something completely different. And the Hornets were coming off a pretty lackluster performance against the Raptors. But tonight was anything but lackluster uh, in terms of the output that they had, especially in that second half. It was a really fun game tonight, guys, as the Hornets set a franchise record for points, scoring 158 points. And we had to look this up prior But the Phoenix Suns back in 1990 had 173 points, which was the most amount of points in a regulation game. There were a couple of uh, teams that actually scored more than that at 184 and 186, but both of those games went into multiple overtime games. So, Lee, Brian, how'd you guys enjoy this offensive output uh, tonight? Very fun game. Yeah, it was was wild. It really was. This was a... Dell and uh, Eric on the broadcast had to remind me in the waning seconds of this game that this was a one-point game at halftime. And then just interruption from the Hornets in the, the third quarter uh, and certainly continuing into the, uh, the fourth. But, yeah, 24 three-pointers from Charlotte, which was ridiculous. Uh, 10 of 15 uh, from deep alone for Kelly Oubre. I still think, you know, outside of this sort of random, fun, 
weirdness on offense of this game. Like it's hard for a team like Indiana to score 126 points and to lose by 32. <laughs> like that's just insane. But um, I still think there's some like genuine, like good stuff to extract from it. Um, early on when this thing was a semi-competitive game, the downhill driving of miles bridges was really good early on. He probably would have been in line for an even bigger game tonight if not for some foul trouble that pushed him on the bench. But, man, just some awesome, awesome finishes getting downhill, either off the, you know, Bridges running pick and roll or he and LaMelo doing that little two-man 21 action on the side and uh, Bridges taking a switch down to the post. Like, that stuff's important for them, especially when the Hornets don't have Hayward. Like, Bridges being able to do that stuff, he normally does it but Hayward is the other sort of like matchup beater guy that you could do that with, like someone that can play both sides of the pick and roll. So good to see Miles get back and, and you know get to it, have a nice game. I thought the third quarter for Charlotte again, like just before things got like loopy and Kelly Oubre started just throwing in <laughs> three pointers from you know all over the great state of Indiana uh, and everything just going in for him. But LaMelo getting downhill, James Booknight getting downhill. And I thought their third quarter, like as Charlotte was really starting to like space the lead out, yes, the three-pointers were, were raining, but they just kept getting a piece of the paint every time they, they wanted it. And I know Indiana's down a lot of guys, but that's encouraging to see. We talk about it all the time with this team, the importance of them getting a uh, you know, piece of the paint, touching the paint, getting the rim. And uh, you saw that with LaMelo. I thought Terry Rozier had a couple inspired drives tonight um, on his own. And, yeah, just a, just a weird game, fun game. But I still, despite the sort of wackiness of it, I do think there's some genuine positive stuff to take out of it because I thought you got some good play, uh, like good transferable play from LaMelo, from Bridges, from Rozier, and, uh, and maybe even like Cody Martin as well. Yeah, um couple couple things here. So Brian hit on some of uh some of Bridges like ISO dribble uh playmaking mm-hmm. um early in this game when it was still really competitive and I know we've talked about this a lot but it just like just kind of like punched me in the face again in this second half where it's just like the maturity and the development of Bridges with like the, the the dribble combination moves that he puts together now that that he couldn't even have dreamt of doing two seasons ago. I mean, it's just a it's a like in some ways his development has been very kind of steady, and in other ways, like in other specific ways, it feels like it's been like volatile to the upside, which is really cool to see. Um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to reiterate that point. Um, from BG offensive onslaught, obviously like the Hornets offensive rating had actually kind of like quietly dipped a little bit over this past, like two to three weeks and to see it just kind of like completely get back on track in every way tonight was really fun. Pacers shooting 60% from the field at halftime and they end up shooting 47% from the field. So like, a decent defensive second half from the Hornets. Um, and then kind of just wanted at some point to get y'all's thoughts on, on book night, um, kind of working his way into this rotation, playing in the first quarter of the last two games. But I think we might be able to cover that a little bit later in the pod. Yeah. Let, let me 
kind of touch upon the Miles Bridges thing that you guys have talked about, and then we'll get to this speaker here in Twitter spaces before we start talking about book night as well, Lee. Uh, you're right in terms of his development, in terms of certain aspects of his game have been pretty steady, while others, it just seems like it's come onto the scene all of a sudden. And I think his driving ability this past season has just taken another like tremendous leap. And with his athleticism, with all that stuff, his power, he's combining his skill the finesse, he knows when and where to attack. It just felt like in the first couple of seasons, like his handle wasn't that tight and he would get knocked off his path. But, you know, this season you're seeing the skill combined with everything that he has physically. And he's also finishing around the rim with some tough up and unders. And that, that one up and under in the first quarter was nasty in terms of like the English and the spin and the hang time that he has with that stuff. So, uh, I do want to get to the one speaker request here. Saul, Saul, what are your thoughts, bud? Um, I, I completely agree with all your thoughts on Miles Bridges, and I completely think that next step has already been made for him, but can we just can we just appreciate that Kelly Oubre is ours? Yeah, that, that, that dude is very, very much an up-and-down player in terms of what you're going to get from him night to night. And then tonight, shooting 10 of 15 from behind the arc, you know, we got that experience from Kelly Oubre tonight. And he has not been shooting the ball too well in the past couple of games. So to see him come out like this was not necessarily unexpected because we have been accustomed to his up-and-down nature of his game. But, yeah, he was he was huge for the Hornets tonight. Yeah, and it's always great to have a guy like him because if he's not shooting well, you just don't play him. So, but <laughs> book night, book night, book night was unbelievable athletically wise. He just looked longer and faster than a lot of those NBA players out there tonight. So I was really happy to see that as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one thing I'll say too that's I've I've we've discussed this a couple of times, but I think it's interesting to see. Look, Kelly Oubre and, and Lowry Markin and any team in the league with cap space could have had those guys this offseason. They they were the they were the last two sort of like name free agents to go. 
Um, the Hornets, it looked like, were maybe even in on Markkanen at one point in time. Um, and they both actually come out and had nice seasons. You know, I think probably even surprising in some ways. Oubre, the, the spot-up shooting, the movement shooting. Um, there's a couple of different ways Charlotte likes to feature that. There's that one handoff play they love to run out of horns with he and, and P.J. Washington frequently. But there's some other stuff they, that they can do and just – Ubre does it can get those threes outside of the scheme too without needing to like get into his like bad like his dribble right it's just run the court spot up you know run, fill the lane with Lamelo spot up around pick and roll the ball you know it, when Miles is driving in, in your you know weak side slide or corner like be ready um, get ready to relocate and, and get get your like your, the ball's coming your way. Um, I think that's great that Kelly's been able to step into that role. And this is the part that I, that I know I'm repeating, but I just think it's huge for Charlotte as they build this thing up with, with, with LaMelo, with Miles Bridges, with James Borrego, with this style of play is you can, you show this to other free agents and, you know, big name free agent, you know, maybe the event, you know, if the Hornets ever have cap space and are in the, have the ability to sign a, you know, the second or the third guy, you could show them this, or if it's someone that they're, they're, you know, filling out the rotation with, you're, they're trying to get one more person to add to the mix or whatever. And you can say, Hey, even if you're not with us long-term, come here for a season or two, right? Get, like we're, you're going to get your numbers. They're about to go up and you can, you know, 24 months from now, re-enter free agency and, and you're going to have more money offered for you because your, your offensive numbers are just going to look better or, you know, we'll find a trade for you. That's going to make sense or like whatever that is. Um, but I think like all of that is good for Charlotte. And I know the, as far as book night goes, like, I don't, you know, the shooting numbers don't look great. He's a flat shot, man. For flat shot and like the as much as I have enjoyed seeing again, including tonight, but I think even in the game, um, who did they play before Atlanta? What was the game before that? The Charlotte won before the Atlanta game. I, I can't remember now. Whatever, whatever took place on Friday. Okay, see. Okay, see. Yeah, I thought that was another game that book that book got downhill some, and uh, I think that's encouraging. He's still to me. I still get a little worried about him sort of like finishing like over length. Like I do think when he has his sort of like best moments getting downhill and getting to the rim, it's because like the center has been pulled away. Like, you know, PJ has got that guy, got the opposing five in the corner. And I just think there's still like a fair amount of like, you know, kind of like angled to the side of the rim below the rim finishing by, by book night. So, you know, he's not all the way there. But it is nice to see him like get in, get into gaps, get into space. Like that handle looked a little bit loose early in the season. Maybe some some modest improvements there. So that's great. The other thing that I saw with Book Knight tonight that I that I did like, he, I think he only finished with probably like three rebounds. I'm pretty sure in this game. But when the game was still competitive, I saw a concerted effort from James Book Knight to get on the glass to box out. He pulled down one tough rebound in traffic. Like battling, I think Bataze. Um, yeah, in the second on, or third on, a, on a play, Brian, where Indiana had already gotten an offensive rebound, yeah. and then yeah. he snared that and you, stopped you, the possession. You could see him like make a calculation, or like, all right, I got to go, I got to go venture down in there, and he went and totally. grabbed the, you know, stole it out of there, and it was like, okay, that's a that's a winning play. 
Um, so yeah, I was I impressed like with that. Thought, I like thought that was PJ Washington until book night was the one that emerged like from yep. that crowd. I was like, Oh, that I know exactly the play you're talking about. I thought that was a really encouraging play for book night. And uh, again, the shooting numbers, they don't, they don't look great for 14, but I think there were some, some nice flashes and uh, you know, hopefully something to continue to build on us. He's going to get like without Hayward, without, McDaniels, like there's more opportunities on the wing. Um, obviously, he doesn't have the size, or, you know, of those guys with the defensive capabilities of McDaniels, but there are more reps available. And uh, yeah, let's just hope to see, you know, him, James Booknight continue to progress because, uh, you know, he could be a nice piece late part of the season for Charlotte and certainly uh, going forward into next season, too. And Lee, I know, I know you brought Book Knight up, so I want to pass it back to you in terms of like what your thoughts are on him. And you know, we saw it against Toronto uh, last game, uh, but his driving ability to me was on display again tonight in terms of just like his on the ball stuff. And um, he has the pumps, he has the hesitations, he has the handle. Just putting it all together is something that I've seen over the past couple of games in terms of getting to the rim. But what I, I think I've been most impressed with Book Knight because it's so hard to judge when he's played these earlier games where he's coming in for garbage time. I don't put much stock into that type of stuff, good or bad, but I've been pretty impressed with him in terms of his assertiveness, in terms of like him not feeling that this moment's too big for him because he's coming in, you know, in the first and second quarters of this game where they need to rely on him and his scoring. So I thought he felt a little bit more mature than I would have anticipated out of a guy that really hasn't had much play time outside of like garbage time here and there. So uh, to Brian's point with Hayward out, with McDaniels out, uh, you're definitely going to need more guards and wings that are going to be stepping up and playing. And he's one guy that you're going to see. So I, I thought that his assertiveness and just kind of the moment not being too big for him it was something that I was impressed with, uh, Lee. Yeah, I um well and I think this is something um that BG even mentioned like early in the season, you know, when we were kind of trying to diagnose like you know, are we concerned that James Booknight isn't in this rotation, you know, 15 games into the year? And I think we were all honestly pretty level-headed on that. It was like, look, this this is a team with a lot of talented guards and wings. Um from a lineup configuration standpoint, like uh, besides the Ish Smith minutes that are kind of like spotty, like yeah. uh, like Borrego is just like very hesitant to put any lineups on the floor that don't at least include one of Lamelo or Rozier, and most of the time both of them. So like, there's just limited kind of like margin for opportunity for Book Night. But I agree with you, Richie. Um, I have been kind of like pleasantly uh, impressed and optimistic about some of his um, just kind of like presence on the floor. Like you mentioned kind of the aggressiveness and, the, and, and some like a little bit of signs of, of on-ball maturity and downhill driving. I, you know, I still get concerned uh, with his shooting efficiency, which is something that I was worried about coming out. Um but like, and and I don't need to like rehash kind of the 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 mm. theory behind book night, you know, in transition as a hyper athlete with Lamelo and all these type of things that I think is is a is a good theoretical fit. Um, what what will be interesting is when this cupboard is full again, 
and 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 the entire complement of tools are back at Borrego's disposal. Uh, where does Booknight fit into the rotation then? And the only other point I would make is, you know, because we are a, a little over halfway into the season, we we can't know this for sure, but I have to imagine that Booknight has been a lot better in practice too, um, because yeah. book, because because he's he's clearly he's clearly earned a chance and it's sticking at least for the moment, which is cool to see. Yeah, because some of these minutes he's getting early in games, even with guys out of the lineup, um, could just could easily go to could could go to Ish, right? Totally. You know, um, so I, I think you're right. I think it probably speaks to the slow burn of bringing Book Knight on and making him more of a thing in the rotation, but also perhaps him behind the scenes playing playing better. Uh, of course, getting some games underneath his belt. Uh, with Greensboro doesn't hurt either. I do think, and Lee, you touched on this, you know, once, if and when, you know, when Charlotte gets back to full strength, Hayward, uh, Jalen McDaniels, the full complement of guards and wings, unless, unless Book Knight like really, really turns on, turns it on, I don't see him being anything like, you know, he'll be mostly just like a spot guy, right? Right. But, the, you know, that's okay because it means everyone's healthy and they're still making a postseason push, right? So, like, that's the trade off, and, and, and it's just, more effect, and, it, and it's more effective depth, and and which is exactly. already a strength of this team. Exactly, and, and like you know, it, it's one of those things where like the season we're deep into it, but there's going to be more stuff that pops up. So just knowing that you can maybe have book night fill in some gaps that certainly helps, and like. These are still just great reps for him to get in at this point of the season. Like play, being on a, he's on a playoff team right now and currently getting rotation minutes for them. That stuff has value, and it's just yeah, it's 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 nice to see the you know your lottery pick going out there and 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 not just like being gifted those minutes, but kind of like earning those minutes and justifying those minutes while he's on the court. A lot of work to be done, obviously. But uh, but I think at this point now it's 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 okay to be, you know, optimistic or looking at a glass half full. All right, guys, we have spent twenty minutes on this podcast and we have yet to talk about Lamelo Ball uh, in terms of like his triple double tonight. I feel like we've mentioned his name, but we really haven't dug deep on his game uh, tonight. So he had twenty nine points. Uh, 13 assists, and he got a late rebound to get that 10th rebound for that triple-double. And as I was watching this game and taking notes on him, obviously a very effective game, um, but at times his impact felt very, I wouldn't say silent, but very just like steady in terms of he was calculated in terms of when he inserted himself into the game. I think his third quarter was his biggest quarter, but like he was just filling every category, obviously, as you can see from the box score. And he was just a factor everywhere, whether it was like attacking offensive glass, he was distributing the ball, he was jumping passing lanes. And, you know, the biggest thing with LaMelo, and we know this, is he doesn't have to score for this team to be effective, especially if Kelly Oubre is knocking down 10 threes and uh, other players are making their shots, he can just pick apart the defense and put those opponents on edge with his vision. And, you know, one thing that's always been tied to him and always been tied to Borrego is pushing the pace. And I thought Charlotte, especially early on in this first half, did a good job of come out and just had that sense of urgency, that energy, 
you know, it just helped with, you know, have the shots fall, get out. And I think that JB kind of lit you know, a fire underneath them because of that performance in Toronto. And this is a trend that I've been monitoring or we've been monitoring all season has been uh, the team pushing after made baskets, which is something that they did again tonight. And I think the last mm-hmm. time I checked, they were still the fastest after makes and like top three or top five in efficiency. So, and, yes. and, and it's, it's that type of stuff that also gives players like Cody Martin, for example, like he is a guy that, you know, for the most part struggles more in the half court than he does in transition. Like you can get him coming out running in lanes and, and just get the opponents moving. So I, I thought the Hornets at times did their best to push after makes and, you know, they took advantage of the size advantage sometimes with the high lows and that 21 action that you were talking about with the post ups mm-hmm. and just early offense to get in mismatches. And then Last thing I'll mention on LaMelo before I pass it to you guys, and it's one thing that you mentioned, Lee, on the New Year's Resolutions podcast in terms of ball, and we want to see more of it from him, is one, getting into the lane, getting to the hoop, and this does two things. One, it could potentially, obviously, collapse the defense for open shooters, but it gives him the ability to draw fouls, which you know we've noted that he needs to do more of. And plus, he's an awesome free throw shooter, so you want him at the line as much as possible. And tonight, let me check here, he was four or five from the free throw line, which is a good sign. Yeah, the one, just real quickly, the Bridges caught a lob dunk pass from LaMelo after a made basket. I think it was, it was around like the seven, six, seven minute mark of the first quarter. That was one of those possessions that happened so quickly. Like LaMelo had the action ahead of the camera. You know, like they had to like quickly transition from uh, there's been a made bucket by the Pacers. The camera is sort of like sifting through the guys that are like moving from offense to defense. But before they could even get it down there, uh, Bridges was flying in the air and about to throw down a dunk. And then the last thing I want to mention on Lamelo, and then um, Lee can hop in here, is there was this one stretch because, Richie, you talked about his rebounding and this is something that Lee brought up when he and I did a pod last week, LaMelo as an offensive rebounder and also getting his own shot. But he had that stretch in the second quarter tonight. And I know you guys remember this about five minutes left and on the same possession back to back, there was a missed shot. LaMelo goes up offensive rebound opportunity, taps it out for a Rozier three Rozier catch and shoot miss. Another offensive rebound opportunity. LaMelo goes up, taps it with his other hand out to Kelly Oubre for another three. And that was incredible. I don't know how many people on earth could like do that or would think to do that, but it's just such a LaMelo play because it's, it's the offensive rebounding. It's the anticipation skills. It's his feel for the game. It's the passing. It's the unselfishness. It's just, it's the, the weirdness of it all. Like, it just it exemplified so much about that guy's game, um, and then of course it, the the rim pressure at times tonight was just so so good. The one left handed finish, I think Spencer clipped it and put it out on Twitter earlier. Just absolutely nasty body control and, and finishing from Lamelo, and um, and then I thought the shooting touch tonight was so good from from deep and on and like in between pick and roll runners, either you know against you know, Indiana's pick and roll defense or the zone or whatever, but just LaMelo getting into gaps and just like softly getting to that, that floater runner game of his, that's just so, so good. Yeah. Ridiculous game from LaMelo. And I, I won't, 
I won't let my eyes roll back in the back of my head on a, on a LaMelo rant tonight. Cause BG just, just laid it out there for us. But, um, you know, I will say like LaMelo is kind of quietly, like ha- his efficiency has dipped a little bit, um, on the offensive side of the floor. Like he's, He's only shooting like 41% from the floor right now in the season. So it was just good to see him kind of have like a clean, professional, um, like solid shooting game uh, tonight. Um, obviously another triple-double. He seems to just be like he, – he, he came into the league being pretty good at this, but it seems like he's just getting better and better. Um, splitting the pick and roll defenders uh, when teams try and like kind of hard hedge on him, he just th- he kind of just throws it through the gap at times, or even does like his little kind of low crossover move. Um, and then and then like the finishing at the rim stuff. I mean, man, it's like at times it, it, it's almost like he's like diving toward a pylon, at, like a football player, and he's almost <laughs> like he's almost like like parallel to the ground and he just, and he's so long, like particularly on the kind of like his left-hand finishes, um, just, just ridiculous stuff. My my last thought here that is kind of like LaMelo adjacent, um, but, but is more of a macro thought is like, this just felt like a classic this season Hornets game, but like on steroids because you get the LaMelo triple double you get the LaMelo to Bridges half-court alley-oop in the first <laughs> half, which has become like a fixture. You get another massive, huge third quarter, which has kind of been a, a running theme this year. And then you get this just firework offensive explosion game with like spotty defense at times. And yeah. it just encapsulates a whole season in one game, but like to the nth degree. We, we even we even got a Plumley reverse dunk too. And I go. loved I loved how the bro, I think it was either I think it was Del Curry on the broadcast was like he loves to do those reverse dunks and it was like yeah we know we know <laughs> been watching him play a lot of basketball this year. Um, but I think, I think that's a I think that's a a good point. Um, it was the full Lamelo experience tonight. Um, and Shout out to really, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, and really and really like I think that applies to Ubre tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Who like. The big Ubi. The big Ubi. That is a nickname that we maybe need to – Eric Collins maybe needs to rethink that one. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it in the moment. But, um, but yeah, I know we touched on Ubre, but holy smokes, man. 39 points off the bench. I think he broke his own record for most points off the bench by a Hornet. And, yeah, did he, doing it on 18 shots. Just ridiculous stuff from Ubre tonight. Yeah, I was mentioning it in the text thread with you guys. I wish they would have spread these points out over the past couple of games and not yeah. wasted all tonight. But we've got been nice. three speaker requests, and hopefully we can get Ooh. to all of them before we wrap up. I think this is kind of a good place to wrap after these three. So, Maxton, we'll start with you because you raised your hand first. So what's your comment? Hey, guys. Uh, enjoy the podcast first and foremost. Do y'all think that Lamelo was stressing or pressing because of the All Star break, and that's why he had such a bad uh, stretch, or was it just one of those kind of moments? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a thought about that. I mean, it's hard to get inside the head of um, Lamelo in, in a situation like that in terms of pressing. I, I, I personally don't think it's anything like that. I, I think it's just you know from a game to game basis and over the course of a season, anyone can go through stretches where they go through lulls, ups and downs. 
I would not uh, anticipate that LaMelo would be looking at like the all-star break or the all-star voting and, and sensing that like he needs to turn it on and, and do too much. So I, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to judge that type of question. I do think as I, I agree with what Richie said. I, I could also see, I think mostly it's just it's a long season, right? You know, stuff, weird stuff's going to just happen. Um, but also, you know, no Hayward recent in recent games. Right. And so there's a bit of a security blanket, like the, he's the, he's a matchup beater for the Hornets. He's an isolation guy. He's a good passer and shooter. And I just think he helps take some of the tougher defensive assignments away from LaMelo, which is like one of the reasons why I, I like, wasn't like, like one of the reasons why I like talk myself into the Hayward signing uh, two Novembers ago. So I think that maybe that even has something to do with it. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's pressing. That's a guy who's so, he's so confident that I just don't think yeah. it's something that he has to, to worry about all that much, but you never know. I mean, it, it, if you're 20 years old and you've got the, uh, your first all-star game within reach, like, you know, maybe, maybe you would, you know, like it's, it's not like inconceivable, you know what I mean? I'm, I can't even imagine what I would be, what would be going through my mind, but I think mostly it's like a you know lack of Hayward and just perhaps some weirdness over the span of a, a long season. You think the lack of Hayward is is uh, is a crucial thing here? Is he is he important to this team? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it as it? I've said this a couple of times now, but as it turns out, having a you know a six eight guy that can shoot and pass and uh, post up and run pick and roll, like yeah, it turns out those guys are. Uh, you know, even if they're not LeBron James, they're still pretty useful to have on the roster. So, yeah, I was yeah, going to go know. on a rant about Hayward in this pod, but I, I decided against <laughs> it. All right. Next speaker request is from Cam. Hey, guys. Sorry, this might be a better end of the podcast uh, quote, but I, I want to kind of segue into most improved. I know Miles is really putting up the numbers, but uh, I think we need to give a big shout out to uh so maybe Brian Geisinger here, who, you know, he went, he called a national Duke basketball game on ESPN radio. Sports Channel 8, the podcast is back, and the, and the BuzzBeat podcast has taken off with a lot of, you know, recurring, recurring guests and listeners like yours truly. I just I want to give a big shout out to uh, BG and Richie. Thanks for not going off on, uh, on the Hayward stuff. Uh, I know that that is a, uh, a pet peeve of yours with a, uh, you know, I love hearing all of my fellow listeners, uh, thoughts on the Hornets, but sometimes they're just wrong. Okay. Talk to y'all later. Yeah, Brian, I was actually trying to listen to that, uh, Duke Syracuse game. Even me who doesn't like college basketball was trying to tune in. I couldn't find it. I could not find the radio call anywhere online. I knew it was ESPN radio, but like I was searching. Yeah. I didn't know if I would have had to do the, it may have even been like blacked out down in Charlotte. You know what I mean? Oh, it certainly was not my friend. I think that bad boy up on the ESPN app. Okay. So I didn't have to listen to, uh, to our, our, ESPN college basketball commentators again. Sorry to derail, but yeah, it was, dude. It was, it was really cool getting to do that. Um, I it was, I feel lucky to have had the opportunity to do it. Some weird stuff uh, kind of pushed me in the direction of having that opportunity, but it was super cool. And uh, yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not just a one-off. Hopefully, I get to do some more of those games. But great time, and uh, 
I don't know. Do you know, like, maybe all of you guys can understand this, you know, Lee and Richie, as you guys who are, you know, obsessed with basketball and write about it and talk about it a lot. It's like sometimes your family and friends don't quite get exactly what they, what you do. Like they know that you, they're like, Oh, you like basketball. That's cool. He does something adjacent with basketball. I don't, we don't quite know what he's doing, you know what I mean? But it's, <laughs> we don't know it's what he's doing in there. You know? We don't know what he's doing in there. But, but when you do something that's, like, on ESPN proper, all, there were just a couple of family members that were like, oh, we I get, get it, now. it now. Which was – so that was, that was like, kind of cool as well. Well, I but, just want to comfort the listeners and let them know, like, we, we've got Brian's bird rights. We've got, yeah, him, locked right. up. We've got him locked up for a couple of years. We, we, we can match any, any, any restricted free agent offer. So, <laughs> so have no fear. Have that's no true. Fear. BuzzBeat has my, has my loyalty. That is for <laughs> sure. But, uh, I mean, like, this will sound like – this will sound like a joke. Or maybe – I hope it doesn't. But, like – I, I mean, like getting to do this is the, like it. This is as much fun, like this is as much fun too. You know, like it, it's all it's all in the same. So, um, yeah. But to Lee's also original point, or to Cam's original point, I should say, like I <laughs> basketball season is like uh, yeah, it's just a busy time, as I'm sure it is for a lot of you guys too. But yeah, I uh, I'll rest when the when it's the springtime. All right, we'll finish with. Matt. So Matt, you get to finish the show off with your comment or question. Yeah. I just wanted to point out a couple of things. One, they were 0 and 4 against our 4 and 0 against the Patriots. Right. So I think they exercised the demons pretty well how last season uh, ended uh, losing to them like they did. But, uh, and just another, I mean, you brought up Oubre earlier and uh, he is the type of uh, guy that, you know, every good to great team has. He's a starter coming off the bench more or less. Um, I mean, he has his off nights, but when it's on, it's something pretty incredible. And that's just another uh, home run by Mitch Kupchak. And uh, I don't, I'll be surprised if he doesn't get some run for executive of the year if this team keeps, you know, going. Uh, I mean, there's some other probably higher profile you know, teams that will get that nod. But um, Kupchak has done just, it's incredible, especially after, you know, in the wake of Kimba. Um, I really believe right now we're watching the beginning of what will be the greatest uh, Hornets team ever. Wow. Ooh, I wow. love that. I love that. And uh, no, that's, that's a great point, Matt. I mean, when you look at kind of like the cup check regime, like from a 20,000 foot view, I mean, like you, you, you can split some hairs, you can nitpick a little here and there, but like from a zoomed out perspective, this, this front office has, has kind of hit it out the park at, at every stop um, from and and this was a this like ties into a point BG made earlier in the podcast where I think there is an argument to be made in the market that um, Charlotte can be an attractive kind of free agent destination, not necessarily for those top tier guys, but you look at kind of like the 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 premier acquisitions, I guess, and you know Rosier came in a little bit of a different vehicle than an outright free agent signing. But Hayward and Ubre are both guys, along with Rozier, who's if you compare their value on the open market when they set foot in Charlotte, they they are tremendously more value valuable in my opinion after their time in Charlotte um, on this team. So like, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's all a really good really good point, and just kind of wanted to loop back in that 
that Brian point from earlier in the episode because Matt Matt brought up some good ones as well. It's just we've talked all the time, even before, like especially right around like as the Kemba was leaving town, the importance of the draft, not just like with Charlotte specifically, but like any smaller non-traditional market, right? But for the purposes of this podcast, we frame it around the Hornets. Like that's the lifeblood. Uh, you know, I'm not stating anything anyone here doesn't know already, but like generally speaking, it's not it's not like they've had a perfect draft resume the last four years. I think the the second round of the 2020 draft is sort of like uh, a bit of a head scratcher. But <laughs> to draft Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Lamelo Ball, you will see about James Booknight, JT Thor, like. Not too bad to get Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels, Devontae Graham in the second round. Exactly. Like pretty good, pretty good. Um, and, and just, just like really like, good at the margins. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. And to, to mean to, to find multiple rotation players in the second round, Cody Martin, Jalen McDaniels looks like, and of course, Devontae Graham. Um, and, and I mean, I think you could, I think we can like, I mean, probably getting too. Don't want to put the don't get, don't want to get too far ahead here, but like you know, I think JT Thor is going to get there as well. Um, well, jury's still out on he and Kai Jones, but hey, Kai hit a three tonight. Kai did he did in <laughs> some room. I just think there's reasons for encouragement with with, with JT uh, as we've discussed uh, probably you know a couple weeks ago or so on here. But just they've done a nice job with the draft. They got some luck, obviously, with Lamelo. Um, not perfect. But I think overall they've done they've done pretty they've done pretty well with the draft and yeah I mean I will see if they are able to keep hold on to the pick this year and uh, you know what maybe what they're able to do with uh, with some of their uh, future draft capital but I think that is encouraging both with how this current roster is taking shape but also um, yeah with like future guys they're going to try to build it up around Lamelo and, and Miles. All high praise from Lee, from Brian, from Matt on Mitch Kupchak. The final point that I'll make with Mitch um, is just the fact that he had to navigate a team that was in contention with Kemba and they were pushing for the playoffs. And he transitioned that perfectly into a team that started to rebuild with some of the younger players. So it was a hard transition to make because in the moment you did have to push for the playoffs. And in the moment you also had to develop some of the younger guys so that they would be ready uh, to play because they were going to start to get more minutes as the seasons progress. So that little transition there, I thought was a, a pretty good one from Mitch Kupchak. So upcoming for the Hornets, they have the Lakers on Friday night and the Clippers on Sunday, which I believe is a day game. So back-to-back games against the LA teams. Thanks everyone for tuning in to another Twitter spaces podcast. If you guys join late, the full podcast will be out tomorrow morning. So for Lee, for Brian, I'm Richie go Hornets.